All right, so you're just getting started and you're thinking to yourself, man, I'm just gonna use Google Suite to manage my cash practice as I get going. Look, I did the same thing and here's what I can tell you. When I finally had to switch over, it was a huge pain in my butt to try to move all the notes and all of the documentation that I had over to another platform so I could stay compliant. Do yourself a favor, start with a platform that you can scale with that makes you look more credible. When you're trying to book people on Google calendars, come on guys, that's not what a real business does. A real business has something that actually helps support it on the back end, and it is branded to you. It looks like your company. Check out PT Everywhere if you're just getting started. They're doing something really cool for cash practices, and I really love this, one of the features that they're doing. If you're new, they actually will charge you less as you're getting started, and as you grow your membership, your actual dues each month for the platform, it goes up with your practice growing. So you can actually save money up front if you're just getting started, but yet have a platform that you can grow into. I think it's amazing. It's the only company I know of that's doing that. And go figure it's owned by a cash practice owner, which we love as well. So guys, head over to pteverywhere.com. Check out what they're doing. If you're just getting started, I highly recommend you check them out. So here's the question. How do physical therapists like us, who don't want to see 30 patients a day, who don't want to work home health, and have real student loans create a career and life for ourselves that we've always dreamed about? This is the question, and this podcast is the answer. My name is Danny Matei, and welcome to the PT Entrepreneur Podcast. What's going on, guys? Doc Danny here with the PT Entrepreneur Podcast, and today we're talking about uh, a little excerpt from a book called Principles by Ray Dalio. Now, this is this is a great book. It's huge. I'm a slow reader. I'm probably going to be chipping away at this for quite some time. And I'll tell you a funny story. I got really, uh, I guess, I got I got really intrigued with Dalio stuff. I've had people tell me about this for years. I guess it's been like two years since it's come out. So ever since it came out, I've actually had colleagues of mine that are like, dude, you got to check this stuff out. And the book size has always intimidated me. <laughs> like, nah, Dan, dude, that's too big. <laughs> I'm not going to read that book. And so I watched a YouTube video, which I highly recommend, by the way. Um, and it's actually a series of videos that he put together. That It's, a, it's basically an animated series, a short animated series, about 30 minutes total time which basically goes through the key concepts and principles. So I watched it and I was like, man, this is awesome. Like my kids should like learn this stuff. So I get on Amazon and I look up his stuff and he's got, he's got a couple books, but like there's three big ones. Uh, one is the kid's book he wrote uh, for principles. Uh, I guess it's for all ages, but it's, it's a kid's book. And it's, it's got pic, you know, pictures. There's not a lot of, not as many words. Um, so I got that one, but then Amazon upsold me and they they're like, Oh, you might like this, this, and this, and they do such a good job of it. I was like, screw it. I'm going to get these because maybe I will actually read it. Uh, so I get principles, uh, the main book and then big debt crisis, <laughs> which turns out is basically a textbook on the history of financial collapses in other countries. And the likelihood of me actually reading that is damn near impossible. I'll skim through it probably, but dude, it's a textbook. So those of you that are looking at it, I would probably hold off on buying that unless you want to learn about like the, you know, the fall of the German economy after World War One, um, which there's an entire chunk on that book about that. Um, but anyway, I thought, I thought to myself, 
yeah, Danny, you're smart enough to read Big Debt Crisis. Uh, I'm not. But Principles, I'll probably get there. It turns out the kids' book is probably more up my alley than anything else. And I've been reading this to my kids uh, each night. And I've been I've been reading them uh, a few pages. And then we'll sort of like give examples of things in their own life that they can relate to with the book. Because in the book, they have these like short uh, statements of principles that Ray Dalio uh, has uh, sort of come up with throughout his life. Um, and he, he basically says that these principles are what he makes decisions by and how he lives his life, which I think is um, a great idea. You know, everyone, and he also says everyone should have their own principles, their own set of principles, right? Um, and, and I've sort of kind of gone that route without knowing that there was a book that basically, and his were way better than mine. Um, so I might just use all of all of his. Uh, and I want to talk about, you know, one of them today in particular. Um, but this idea of having principles that guide your decisions, that guide where you're going, uh, I think is a great idea. It, it much better than just randomly picking things, right? Like, so if you know these basic principles of what you value, and this is probably the hardest part, you have to understand yourself enough to know what you value and what you don't value and what's right for you and what's, what's not right for you. Um, I think we all understand basic you know, integrity, I hope, is there for many of you. This was a core tenant of uh, the, 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 off, the values of being an officer in the army. They have, uh, one of them is personal integrity. And that was always one that stuck with me. You know, I, I think everyone knows what's right and wrong, but very few people are willing to, to draw a line in the sand and say whether they're going to do it or not. They'll just turn away. They'll, they'll take the easy route. They'll, you know, they, they distract themselves with something else to make themselves feel better, but we all know. So personal integrity to me is a huge principle that, that I live by. I don't need someone to tell me what's right and what's wrong. We, we know it's just a matter of whether you decide to listen to yourself or not. And I, I think, you know, for, for me, that's a principle that I, I took from my time in the military. There's principles that I've learned through business. There's principles that I've learned through being a parent. And this book makes so much sense to me um, because of how, how like bullet point uh, simply it's laid out, <laughs> which helps me quite a bit. Uh, I'm a very slow reader. Uh, and normally I listen to audiobooks. because I retain it much, much better, but, uh, I want to make sure you get the paper copy of this because there's so many important, like little pieces of information that you could read you know, a couple pages at a time and, and, you know, really think about and reflect on. So it's going to take me quite a while to get through this. So I'll probably reference a few different principles through this as, as I go through the book. But the one I want to talk to you about today is really simple. It's pain plus reflection equals progress. That's it. <laughs> pain plus reflection equals progress, right? And one thing he says is that you, you have to go to the pain rather than avoid it. So go to the pain rather than avoid it. And there's so many examples in which you could apply this and not, not just in business, but in your life, probably, uh, more so, um, you know, and, and one thing that, that we see on a regular basis, and I'm going to just kind of relate this to a lot of the work that we do is with clinicians that we see that are great clinicians, you know, they spend a lot of time building their clinical skill set. They really care about people. They want to help them get better. And they decide they go into practice for themselves because, you know, maybe they want to, maybe they don't have a choice. Maybe they're just sort of sick of the model that they're in. And once they do that, more often than not, what we tend to see is there's a lot of pain associated with the conversation of money. 
a lot of pain associated with what are you charging? How do you position that? You know, and the inability to have an effective sales conversation with the people that you work with. So this is a absolute linchpin in whether you're going to be able to support yourself and potentially grow past yourself if that's what you want to do or not. And that pain point is sales, but there's usually a deeper uh, layer there. And that deeper layer is we, we all like, here's what people think. Danny, give me a script that will cha- solve this for me. I can give you lots of scripts, but think of it this way. Like you could take uh, Kevin Hart's material and you could read it uh, verbatim and it's probably not going to be very funny, but when Kevin Hart delivers it, there's a difference. The reason is it's the way he does it. It's the tone of his voice. It's his body language. It's how long he pauses. It's how he, you know, hits different lines at different times and transitions to other things. Like there's so much there besides the words. Now, when we talk to people about this pain point, the challenge is they don't want to reflect on that to figure out what the deeper reason is that they're not actually very good at this skill. So first of all, what makes you think you'd be any good at sales if you've never had any coaching or training on how to sell things, especially, especially very specific things like what we sell. We're not selling an iPhone. We're selling essentially, you know, physical therapy. I mean, if you put it in a nutshell, which nobody really wants. Okay. Now, if you could sell that, you could sell basically anything. And here's what I want you to think about is if you feel bad about selling what you do, why do you feel bad? This is the reflection. The pain is you are not getting people to commit to solve a problem with you. They're dropping off and you're basically losing patience and money every single month because you think you're doing the right thing, but it's because you don't know how to sell or you're scared to sell. So that's the pain. Now the reflection is, well, why are you scared to sell? Why are you not charging what you're worth? And more often than not, we see that there is a terrible, deep relationship with money that somebody has not addressed. This is the reflection part. The pain is you're not selling your services for what they're worth. You're not putting them together in the right way to make the business uh, profitable. And the reason you're not doing that is because you have a poor relationship with money. You don't think that what you do is as valuable as what you're charging. Now you can say, that's not true, Danny. I disagree. I think it's valuable. Well, you can say what you want, but your business will tell me one thing or the other, depending on what you're charging and how you're positioning it. Because if you really felt that what you were doing was a steal and was valuable, you would be charging what you're worth. You'd be charging what a professional charges and you would not feel bad one bit about somebody working with you. In fact, you would feel great because you know, you have the opportunity to change their life. But more often than not, what happens is you think that that person is using their grocery money to pay for their PT visit and they're not going to be able to feed their family because you have a weird hang up with money and your association with it. And maybe you grew up in a family where you were constantly told money doesn't grow on trees. 
and you had a depression era grandparent, you know, that always, uh, you know, put a scarcity mindset uh, on money with you, or your family was like that because they were around people that, that were, uh, that they were like that, but they had true scarcity, true scarcity. We've never seen true scarcity like this in our life. My grandfather lived through the great depression, great depression. I tell a story, but like when we would go to his house, he and my, my grandmother, uh, they would boil a ham at the beginning of the week, boil a ham, and then we would eat that freaking ham for every meal. To this day, like my brother, sister, and I, we can't eat ham. Can't do it because they would have like ham and eggs and then ham sandwiches and they would have ham and like boiled cabbages, like a, you know, old school, like Irish family. And they, they, they just were so cheap with how they, you know, frugal, maybe is a better word with how they lived because they'd lived through like legit scarcity, legit, you know, depression, the great depression. And they always thought it was going to happen again. So they always want to be ready. They always lived like it was right around the corner. And that's a scarcity mindset. And of course it's going to rub off on my parents because they're raised by them. And then my parents' beliefs would rub off on me until they're challenged. And I have to face those in a different way, which guess what? Entrepreneurship is a great way to challenge you and start to create pain in your life that then you have to reflect on why is it there so that you can make progress. So this is a perfect example for many of you because what you think is, oh, I just need to learn how to sell. Yep. I just need a script. Man, I get that script and everything is going to change. Let me, let me go ahead and find that script. Let me buy a script. Let me buy some sales training. If that sales training doesn't include you working on your relationship with money, it's not going to help you a whole lot. Because if you don't change that deep belief and reflect on the fact that the reason you don't think you're worth it is because you have a hang up with what you think you're worth and what other people think that you're worth, you're never going to be able to sell yourself and your services for what it's worth. Because you associate it with not being as valuable as it is, or you associate it with taking money away from people for things that they need, like their mortgage. And that is, if you just say that out loud, it's ridiculous. Like no one is going to pick physical therapy over their mortgage. Okay. Not going to happen. It, it just won't. So if they're deciding they want to work with you, it's because they can already pay their mortgage and they see value in you. And if you don't see value in yourself, what, what makes you think that they will want to work with you, especially for the duration of time that they probably need to, to make a long-term change. This is why we see people drop off at visit two after they've seen you a couple of times, because you have not conveyed the necessity for them to finish a plan of care or structured in a way where they are committing to solving a problem on the front end. And a lot of it is because you haven't reflected on the reason why you don't think that you're as valuable as you are. And if you don't, that pain will persist and that pain will stop you from being able to put your business in a place where it does support you and your family, where you can have the option to grow past yourself and you'll always be stuck there and it will show up in other places. So it's just a matter of whether you're willing to work on it or not, because remember pain, plus reflection equals progress. Everybody experiences pain. And most people want to run away from it. They want to shy away from it. It's natural. No one wants to be in pain. But as soon as you start to look at pain as a, it's, a, it's, it's, it's a direction, it tells you what to do. It tells you what you need to work on, you know, and where you need to improve. You have to reflect on why, and then you need to solve it, and then you will progress. And for us, this is one of the biggest variables that we help people with on a regular basis. It's the reason why 
We can take somebody as a side hustle that's at three, $4,000 a month and get them to 10, 15 in a short period of time because they've already shown they're willing to hustle. They're already shown that they're willing to get to a point where they're seeing patients and clients, but they have no structure. They have no framework. They have no skills that are actually bringing repeatable business in the door and selling in an effective way. And a lot of it is not the script. <laughs> it's, it's how we help them position what their worth is. And that conviction, that confidence, this is the difference between Kevin Hart and me reading whatever he has to say. It's the conviction. It's the confidence in way, the way he relays information. It's the tone of his voice. People can tell whether you're confident or not by the way that you present yourself, by the way you speak, by the way your body looks whenever you say things. And if you don't have a deep belief that what you're doing is incredibly valuable and then working with you is an absolute steal, what, is, what makes you think that they're going to believe that? They won't. And it's not your words, it's everything else around it. So I hope that makes sense. Pain plus reflection equals progress. Don't avoid the pain, run towards it. Hey, wait a minute. Just to let you guys know, we are closing in on 200 views on iTunes. That's crazy. Most podcasts hardly get to 100 views, let alone 200. And this is such a niche-specific PT business podcast. That's wild. So let's try to rally the troops and get to 200 reviews for this podcast. The first thing you need to do is you got to subscribe to this sucker, whether it's on iTunes or any other platform that you're listening to on, so you know when new episodes are coming out. The next thing, make sure that you leave a review. I'd love to hear what you have to say. I read all of them. It means a lot to me. The next thing, guys, take a screenshot of whatever episode you're listening to and put it in your stories on Instagram and tag me in it. That's at Danny Matei PT. If you do this, I will repost it. So you'll get a bump. I'll get a bump. We'll share this information with a lot more people because that's the goal, guys. We want to get this information in front of a lot more people. So take a screenshot, share it on Instagram stories, tag me in it, and I will repost it. So here we go. Let's try to get to 200 reviews for the podcast. Thanks for listening.